0: In motel room number 23, a traveler wakes up from an itchy night's sleep to find they are pinned to the bed. A scratchy pillowcase covers their airway. With mere seconds to act, they use their French tips to pierce the skin on their distinctive thigh tattoo. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Conan Episode 13, Case Closed Episode 12, The Strange Person Finding Murder Case. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, and I don't need to read from the script to remember that, but it's helpful to have written down. You can find the episode that we're watching today on Crunchyroll as Case Closed Episode 12, Mystery Mastermind, a very confusing title for this episode. If you want to watch beforehand or afterwards or just enjoy this without having seen it, that is all up to you. And joining me in this adventure, as always, is our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky, who continues to live with me and watch a lot of anime. Now, Michael, I have made you talk about Digimon so much. I feel like we're (laughs) going to have to spin it off into a separate podcast. (laughs) I've thought about it.
1: Why are we talking about Digimon today? (laughs) <laughs> because yesterday
0: you played the Digimon card game against people other than me. I did for I the went first out into time
1: the, into the real world, and I played a card game against people. Although truly, it's the first time I've played a collectible card game against human beings or with physical cards since I was like thirteen. So that was real weird. The last time I did that was a release event for like the fourth set of Yu Gi Oh. They're probably on like the thirtieth or fortieth set now. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you do yesterday? Bad. I was bad. <laughs> but also, it was a random construction tournament where you just open packs and I didn't really have like a good combination of stuff to put together. So, mm. you know, case sera, sera.
0: Well, um, I'm sure we'll continue to fill people in on your collectible card game adventures. <laughs> um, but Mike, what have you got for us today? Uh,
1: so it's not too exciting,
0: but maybe there's some horse racing
1: fans in our audience <laughs> somewhere who would like to learn about Tokai Teo. Uh, so in this, briefly, towards the beginning of this episode, uh, there's a, a horse on TV, Gokai Teo, which they... They translate as heroic emperor being the name meaning, but I could only find exciting to be a translation for Gokai. So maybe they're right. Maybe I'm right. I don't know. Anyway, it's a riff off of a real horse, I found out, uh, named Tokai Teo. Was, let's see, born in... uh, Who cares when it was born? Uh, But mostly active between 1991 and 1992. Won a bunch of stuff. The name I found to be very fun. Uh, It translates to the Eastern Sea Emperor uh, and I thought that was weird because there's no sea to the east of Japan. There's an ocean. It turns out before, way back and way before times, before they called the Pacific Ocean, the Pacific Ocean in Japan, because they were like isolated mm-hmm. from the rest of the world. They referred to it as Tokai or the Eastern Sea. I thought that was a fun little fact.
0: Oh, well, until you've sailed it, you don't really know how far it goes. Yeah, it's just some water. Just <laughs> <laughs> Some water. The Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. just some water. <laughs> You heard it here folks. first, folks. That is interesting I because I was... W- 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 let's talk about that more when we get to that clue. Because that mm. that was checks random. some boxes for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but first, let's meet our guest. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> like, am I, am I supposed to do something here? Well, sometimes <laughs> you banter back and forth with me, but it's mm. fine that you didn't banter. It's all good. Really excited to have on uh, someone who's big into true crime in that sphere. It's happened before, it'll happen again. And uh, yeah, let let me just do what I have written down. (laughs) So uh, our guest this episode is a podcaster, co-host of the true crime Twitch show, Crime and Cookies, host of the serialized crime podcast, Ruthless, an improv performer with comedy sports Jersey Shore. And one time she solved the mystery of the spoiled cinema. I've cracked the case. It's Gina Gennari.
2: Hi. Thank you for having me here.
0: (laughs) Welcome. So excited to have you on for this one. We'll start by uh, talking about mystery stuff, because in the mystery sphere, you definitely do a lot of true crime. So maybe like, what is your connection with true crime? And do you engage with other kinds of murder mysteries that are out there in the world? You know, classic murder mysteries or, or whatever, TV shows, whatever the case might be.
2: Well, I just—I don't know what exactly got me interested, but it's—it was since I was a little kid. I've just, oh, which is like dark, uh, but ever <laughs> since I was a little kid, I've just really been—I always would, if my parents got a newspaper, I would always look at the crime section or the big headlines. I would always be looking for that stuff, and that stuff—true crime—was on TV all over the place. When I was little, America's Most Wanted, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So I just grew up, it was everywhere. And I guess I just was drawn to it. I think it's the mystery of it and the fear of it. And I mean, you know, when I was a kid, there were kids on milk cartons. And it was just (laughs) like, why wouldn't you be fascinated because you're terrified? Mm. And then, you know, that has translated into just an obsession, but not, I don't think unhealthy, but I do listen to so many podcasts. I watch All the documentaries, I am obsessed with Law & Order SVU. (laughs) Like, I'm just, uh, I just inhale all of it uh, for some reason. It's just my thing.
0: Yeah, what about, like, a detective novel or that kind of murder mystery? Do you ever, or, you know, there's Law & Order and the fictional stuff on TV. Do you ever engage with any of that?
2: Law & Order, definitely. Uh, Movies, definitely. I love to read. I'm more of an audiobook person now, but I... For some in the last couple of years I've moved from fictional thrillers to reading more true crime novels cuz they're they're more authentic whereas if, I hate to say this because I also love to write fiction but it just doesn't feel as satisfying as reading about the true thing. And I do, you know, I get obsessed with real life cases. There are certain ones that I follow. And listen to every podcast about hoping that there will be something new and you know so uh, yeah I like the fictional stuff uh, I love the real stuff not you know what I mean
0: yeah I agree that there's a difference
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: I've like caught on to true crime here and there but for me it's the opposite like there's mm-hmm. just you know in a in a, um a fictional mystery there's just like the way the clues are laid out and everything comes together can be much more neat. Uh, And we've done some crazy ones, too. Although crazy things sometimes happen in real life, too.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen in real life. Whereas in a, I feel like in fiction, I can pretty much, like, figure it out. But I used to, when I was little, I loved, like, Columbo. Mm. I loved that whole thing. I loved, um, who's the guy? Perry Mason. Old episodes of Perry Mason. Like, all that stuff I thought was excellent. And I still enjoy it, but... I've, I've just fallen into this deep, deep hole of the real stuff.
0: Well, you're doing like true crime Twitch streams twice a week. So you've mm-hmm. got to you you're you always in search of new material.
2: I think that's probably what it started it is that I have to I listen to at least one to two books a week. Uh, true crime. So I think probably just in the interest of time, I, did, I, I cut out the fiction because I can't talk about the fiction. On my show, so I think that's probably probably part of it. Yeah, definitely.
0: It's it's um it's a trap of podcasting and similar stuff. Is if if you have to watch so much stuff or mm-hmm. read so much stuff to prepare, you can't do other things.
2: Mm-hmm. And I have to say, teaching English has really ruined me for reading. <laughs> I just I like I read what I have to read, and then I'm like, all right, just give me some true crime to fall asleep to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Yeah, I get that. I I always dreamed after I graduated from college and I had more free time, I'd start like getting into game development just as like a personal interest.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't I don't want to write code at work and then come home and write code. Like yeah. I don't hate it. I like doing it. Don't want to do it at work and then at home. I don't.
2: It, <laughs> it does and the longer you do it, the less you you want something else to escape.
0: Mhm. So yeah, so you have the true crime the other topic of discussion is anime. Have you seen much anime? Anything you can think of?
2: No, I am completely. This was the first anime I've ever watched, which is mm. I'm old, so it's a little bit shocking. But I've just never engaged with it. I don't know why. Uh, a lot of my students are into it. Uh, they a lot of I teach a creative writing class and or a couple of classes, and a lot of students will write either like fan fiction-y kind of stuff, which you're not supposed to do, or they'll write in anime style, like thinking that they want to write a graphic novel or something. And so I've learned, I've tried to read up on it, but I I just never watched it. I don't know. I, I don't know why I thought it wasn't for me. I, that's my question I have, is if before I watched this episode, or while I was watching this episode, I should say, I was thinking, like, who is the audi- Who is the intended art audience for this? Because I didn't, know- I don't know.
1: Well, for Detective Conan, it seems to be just families at large, at least now. Um, okay. Because it's very popular.
0: Uh, is yeah. It? Okay. It's like
1: I would say, like Simpsons in its heyday, level popular.
0: Okay. Well, it's oh, yeah, it's wow. been going on okay. for twenty five years, so it's got that cultural place now. Mm-hmm.
2: This this show has been going on for twenty five years.
0: Yeah, they are over a wow. thousand episodes now. This oh is episode thirteen <laughs> and it's from nineteen ninety-six.
2: So <gasps> Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I wish I knew that it was from ninety-six, because that actually makes a lot of sense for me now. I'm, oh, right. Now I'm yeah, putting the, it in there's, context. Yeah. There's
0: less cell phones and stuff. The weird yeah, yeah, yeah. technology. And yeah. I didn't yeah. even
2: think I didn't even think about that in terms of technology, but just the the vibe of it and the yeah, I didn't even it didn't occur there's to me, outfits. but it felt it fe- yeah, yeah yeah it felt something felt odd and that's what it is. It's perhaps it's that it was older. presented
1: in four <laughs> three,
2: <laughs> and uh, I surprisingly enjoyed it. I mm. was like, oh, why haven't I engaged with this earlier? I thought it wasn't for me. I thought it wasn't made for someone like me.
1: Uh, there's so much anime, like, j- uh, like just as m- many things as you could, like, think of TV shows in America. There's, like, different genres yeah. and different things. There's definitely, like, a majority, like, some pretty wild stuff, but, like, there's also completely, like, aimed at families
0: or aimed and at older I, viewers. I think you're starting yeah. to see this more with more adult, kinds of adult animated shows in the U.S. Mm-hmm. than there were 10 years ago. Things like BoJack Horseman and, and yeah. all that stuff. But that's all that's been, I guess, a thing in anime for much longer. So there's just a much wider range fantasy, sci fi, but also a lot of slice of life things for teenage girls, things for teenage boys. If we have to divide them, which they do, things about sports, things about. Um, there's another show that we're going to cover eventually which is about um a jeweler who solves jewelry related mysteries. <laughs>
2: I love that. <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of That's boring. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. There's a lot of potential there. I I you know, it's funny cuz like I thought it wasn't for me and then I'm watching it and there're obviously a lot of silly things, but I just was like, "Oh, this is enjoyable in its silliness." Like in the things mm. that I thought were it's 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 as enjoyable as like a Law and order from the perspective of like, I know, I like, I feel good because I know what's I figured it out or whatever. And um but it's interesting enough to keep watching. So it was I thought it was going to be like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought.
0: Yeah, there's some great standout anime moments here. So let's <laughs> move into talking about that. The third question I think we've answered by context, which is this is your first anime and therefore your first detective anime that you've seen.
2: Yes. Mm hmm.
0: So, Michael, what do our listeners at large need to know about Detective Conan before we start talking about it? Well, Detective
1: Conan is the story of Detective Conan, uh, who was once high school detective Shinichi Kudo, until while watching a mysterious deal, was forced to take a poison, uh, which shrunk his body into that of a child uh, in order to uh, seek out his uh, the people who poisoned him, the evil organization. Uh, He lives with Ron, his his, uh, high school sweetheart, and her father, Mori Kogoro, the detective, in order to uh, go on these cases and try to find
0: some clues about uh, his attackers while keeping his identity secret. And this is very much just a standalone mystery. He is a a six-year-old child, and he happens to encounter a mystery because he lives with a detective. Mm -hmm.
2: He's sick? He's supposed to be six?
0: Mm -hmm. He is a 16-year-old...
1: In the body of a six-year-old, yeah. Okay. Mind of a high schooler. Six is
2: quite young. Yes. Yeah, six is
1: very young. He
2: seems about, I have a 10-year-old, he seems about 10 to me. Sorry, I'm mincing. <laughs> like, for other people, they're like, who cares? It's a huge difference. Six is young. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I mean, I guess he's has the mind of a 16-year-old. So what am I even talking about? But I felt <laughs> like he's not really six. That's what I guess what I'm getting at.
0: Yeah. And there was a an episode a couple uh, not too long ago where there was a, like a five-year-old kid that they encountered. And the five-year-old kid looked like five years younger than him. So <laughs> <laughs> the characterization was very different for one year. Yeah. I do think there's an element like he goes to first grade. He's, he's a, a first grader, but because he like does so much adult stuff and gets into so much danger and dangerous situations they don't want to make him look super super young even if he looks tiny
2: right i get that and then i thought to myself like he's an american 10 but i don't know what you know and i don't know how it translates i don't know culturally i don't know i didn't want to assume that all 10 year olds are more <laughs> sassy than six-year-olds maybe <laughs> it's Japanese six-year-olds truth. are really advanced and i don't know it <laughs>
0: Oh, but before we start talking about the plot and stuff, one thing that stands out in anime is there's always a fairly long opening song and animated sequence. Anything you picked out watching the song and the opening animation?
2: So the opening animation is interesting, but I think it kind of gives you... I was. It was hard for me to watch the animation and read the lyrics, so I'm. Yeah, gonna, definitely. I Hope I'm remembering it correctly. That they kind of give you an understanding of the general character, like what's going on and like what this story is about, or what the this detective is about. Like he was older, right. he got young, he has a crush, all that stuff. <laughs> and then the music. I like the fact that the music was really punk. It just was really. I was like, oh, I didn't expect this i liked the music like the music music the lyrics were i thought did a, i felt like they were sometimes following a, a sense and then other times felt computer generated and i was a little <laughs> bit so i was like taking a lot in i tried to rewatch it but i was again like reading and then watching and the only thing that i really noticed which is a throughout is that uh, older girls wear really short skirts in this uh, <laughs> world like dangerously dangerously short skirts and I thought now that I know it's the 90s I feel like maybe that's but I just felt like all the all the girls had super like legs as long as I am tall and then like a skirt that barely covers anything no judgment I mean hey if you have those legs, You should wear them. But I just noticed that all the men are super covered, like overly so with jackets and like very, very layered. And then Mm. the girls are super layered on top and then completely exposed from the butt down.
1: Yeah, it's it's an anime thing. It's not a (laughs) Japanese fashion thing as much. yeah.
2: (laughs) That's what I thought. And I thought, like, well, it's showing me, I guess, age. I was thinking, like, why? And showing me age. And then in that shot that I'm remembering from the song, it's showing me his interest in her is what I figured. So, again, no judgment, but (laughs) just noticed it because it was, like, the only skin in the whole (laughs) whole show.
0: (laughs) And my understanding is most anime is they have a, a gender demographic that they're targeting, which is not to okay. say like it can't be enjoyed by people of all genders, but they're definitely like this show is more for boys, so there's going to be girls in short skirts and mm-hmm. and right. whatnot.
2: I just kept thinking, oh, oh my gosh, she's jumping out a window like her butt, <laughs>
1: her butt's <laughs>
2: yeah. gonna come out.
1: <laughs> there are anime where that happens.
0: Uh, yeah, and I mean again, honestly, like that's
2: fine. That's love
0: that window dress. Yeah,
2: it's totally fine, and it's you know I'm not. There's no criticism of that. Like you're allowed to show your butt if you want to. I just <laughs> noticed, you know, because of the contrast yeah. is what
0: mm-hmm. I. So, um, getting into some of the the very beginning of the episode. Uh, We have a scene which is just mostly just here to introduce Conan's new gadget. But the very first thing we see is the front of the newspaper and there have been a string of crimes going on. And on the front page of the paper, we see three people with hoods who are robbing a bank or an armed car or something. And Conan in this scene is talking with the only person at this time who knows his true identity, that he's really Shinichi Kudo, the high school detective, which is his next door neighbor, the brilliant but strange old Professor Agasa. And he gets a new gadget, mm-hmm. which is Google Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Very poor Google Glass, but it's ex- exciting for 1996.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite was the antenna that comes out. I was like, yeah, that is so nobody's going to notice that.
1: <laughs> oh, well, actually, now that you mentioned, no, I wish. I wish
0: my glasses
2: did
0: that. <laughs> I'd wear them more often. This is following a trend where he keeps getting gadgets that like replace articles of his clothing so his bow tie he didn't use it this episode but his bow tie is a gadget and his shoes he used his shoes they're a gadget so now he gets something that replaces his glasses although he already had a speaker in his glasses didn't he something like that Uh oh
1: that reminds me um i saw this the other day or maybe it was like the other month now it was a whenever i was last in a best buy they now have like glasses frames that you can buy and like take to your eye doctor to get lenses in or just like have his sunglasses that have like bluetooth and have like Speakers by your ears, so you use them as Bluetooth headphones, but also they're your glasses. So then you
0: have to plug your glasses in at night. Yeah, it's when you weird. Go to bed. It's a weird era. I don't like
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that bother I don't know why. I just I don't know because my glasses are so fundamental to me to be able mm-hmm. to see and read. I don't want any of them to have to do anything else because then if that breaks, I'm comp- like I need a backup pair, and it's mm-hmm. already like a million dollars every time. You buy glasses right. once a year. So yeah. I'm just against the whole gla- adding things to glasses. <laughs>
1: yeah, I do zeni Optical because bear in mind my glasses are my backup. I normally wear contacts, so they don't have to be that mm. nice. But I like paying 30 bucks for glasses like every two years. It's not oh, that bad.
2: Yeah. that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. So uh, the other thing I noticed that's kind of hard to tell in the episode is that only really one lens has the um, tracking right. in it. Mm-hmm which would I think would be disorienting but also
1: Yeah, you'd have to go like this.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then I wondered like does that I just wondered why it was only in one lens and then how it's only when you lift up the thing, is it, that you can that it goes dark? I was confused.
0: They don't show us the specific, but there must be some kind of on and off switch because it's not <laughs> on all the time.
2: That's right.
0: The way this seems to operate is there's a little sticker that he keeps on his, his button, another clothing <laughs> camouflage, and like he can stick it to someone. And then this ma- the map that pops up in that lens shows him where they are up to 20 kilometers and he can track them down. Mm-hmm. But they don't explain exactly like how does he turn it on? How does he turn it off? In the middle of the episode, it runs out of battery. <laughs> right. We don't
1: see it in this episode, but he also has a frequently used uh, voice changing bow tie. And it's just got, he can sound like literally any character in the anime, but right. he, it just has two dials on the back. Like It's like, how does oh. that work?
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, how, do you, how does that work? <laughs> it's like a fake gadget. So why not go just completely out of, you know, out of reality? It makes something really fantastical. They make things that are like, they try to make it practical. And I'm thinking yeah. that it's imaginary, so really go for it
0: <laughs> <laughs> This show is walking a fine line, like they want their murder mysteries to be relatively realistic, but you have the mm. you know the pill that shrinks you and these gadgets that are kind of out there, so i th- that seems to be why they don't push it too far. but there are other uh <laughs> we watched the first episode of a sh- the first two episodes of a show called The Detective is already Dead, and like in that show. She shoots the criminal with a bullet with her own blood in it, which makes it so he can't hurt her
1: <laughs> because he has an android ear that turns into like a giant tentacle yeah, anyway, arm. So, like, so <laughs> that's scary. also that's out amazing.
2: There. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's really cool. I also think there's not enough of the doctor in this show. I mean, I've only seen mm. one episode, yeah. but I was like, oh, this guy's really quirky. I like him. I wanted... I don't know. I guess you only need to get the gadget from him and you don't need anything else yeah, from him. He but. shows up
1: from time to time. He's always in every movie because there's this silly little thing in every movie where he has to do a dumb riddle and the children get exacerbated about.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's a big rotating cast of characters here. So this one really focuses in on Ron, Kogoro, and Conan. So Ron is his like love interest that he is staying with and her father's Kogoro, the detective. And because... Uh, the case kind of comes in through the detective agency. It really focuses in on the three of them rather than you know the children that yeah. we've talked about before and all that.
2: Does Ron know that he he's the same? Even though he dresses the same, it looks the same. He doesn't. She doesn't know. Nope. Okay.
1: <laughs> he's got glasses on. It's it's a Clark Kent, but also he's yeah.
2: very right. short. Situation. Right, Ron. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not your first guess, is that like you're missing high school sweetheart has turned into a child it's not your first go-to right mm. but
2: you'd have to have thought maybe she, maybe those are private thoughts that she has when she the has camera thought. is off we just had a yeah. recent
0: episode where she suspected it yeah
1: and there's oh, a okay, okay i said during the time it's the last time she'll ever like bring it up again but then i remembered there is an arc like 100 or 200 episodes in like briefly where she th- suspects it again <laughs> but then that's it as far Everyone's as i'm nowhere. aware
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so let me tell everybody a little bit about the mystery as it's introduced in this episode so this uh this young ish girl comes in personal name masami family name Hiroda. she is has these like braided pigtails these big glasses she's wearing like a blue is it a school outfit michael i don't think so she's in college so it wouldn't be a school outfit okay but it's a youthful outfit and she is looking for her father who is missing. She goes to school in Yamagata, which is where he's from. And he's living in Tokyo as a taxi driver. But he quit his job and disappeared a month ago. And he's her only family. She so- has a sob story about how her mom is dead. And then what I can tell you about the missing father, his name, his, fir- his first name is Kenzo. And he is 5'9", 48 years old. And we see a photo of him that she gives them. where He has relatively short hair. He has a, a couple cats. And uh, we learned the four names of his cats, which are Kai and then also Te,go and O. And that's really all that they have to go on at this point. Mm-hmm.
2: Can I can I say that when I saw, I when mean, I saw the picture, I was like, "Oh, tell me about the cat." And then, <laughs> and then it's like, literally, they're like, "Tell us about the cat." It's like, oh. <laughs> and then stupid me, like, usually I'm really good at this. But for some reason, I'm like, oh, they're really into cats. And then, like, as soon as they named the other ones, I realized it was, uh, you know, something else. But I I was so excited about the cat in the picture. <laughs> like, so dumb that I, like, like, that was the thing I was holding on to.
0: There's nothing else really significant in the picture other yeah. than that. Yeah, Mm-mm. other than the, the cat. It's a pretty just random photo for them to have of him just standing there holding his cat. Mm-hmm.
2: It's so it's so placed so obviously that she would bring like that because the cat is a major clue or that, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, that it's just so funny that that's the picture because you need it to be the picture because.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of coincidence to play. You also have to rewind time to 1996 where like you would show up at a detective with a, like this Polaroid of someone and mm-hmm. not like they wouldn't go to their Facebook or you would email them like Oh, yeah. 10, How fast would some photos? of the later stuff fall apart if they went to their Facebook? Yeah. If it was that era. Yeah. They are like, oh. It would have been
2: single, over. Single,
1: no children. Okay. Hmm.
2: Hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, like, and then, yeah, now it would be like, let me find a picture. That one's not good. That was not good. Like you'd have like 500 pictures. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah it's, this case would never go anywhere. It was much it was much more uh fertile time for crime in the past,
0: <sighs> the 90s. Just,
2: yeah, 90s were great for crime. I mean, 70s were really good for crime. No DNA, you know. You could yeah. do whatever you wanted, but it progressively gets worse for the criminal.
0: Um another the other, the other thing that happens in this scene is Conan's like Kind of bored, and he just wants to put the sticker from his new glasses transmitter on Ron, just to mess around. But he accidentally trips and puts it on the girl's watch. Full disclosure:
1: I thought he was going to faceplant in her butt. That's what I thought was happening. <laughs> I thought he was going to fall and like like have a weird skirt moment because we've had a few of those already. Fortunately, he did not do that. He just had more coincidence happen. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was that was such an obvious clue. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like, I, I I don't I have a hard time. I'm so. Uh, what do you want to call it? I for, I don't know the word for it. But like I, I'm always like, well, that w- that's dumb because he left the thing on there. So obviously that's going to come back later. Like I can't suspend that. Observe it and enjoy You're it. Observant. Yeah, yeah. Oh. observing, <laughs> but to a point that's like not. It's it's like it's like Gina. This is an anime. This is an anime. Just have fun. But I'm like, wait a minute. When they were writing this, like I'm like deconstructing it and like (laughs) criticizing it in my brain, like how it should have gone. And I think I need to relax, but I do that with everything. Taking it too seriously is what I'm trying to say.
0: You definitely see that and you're like, oh, this is going to be important later. Like they make a big enough deal about it. And it's it's funny when Mm -hmm. it comes back when they're like, oh, we need to find her. And he goes, oh, yeah, I put that on her watch. And it's like, (laughs) we didn't forget. I know.
2: It's like we I all was like, yelling at I'm like, get the one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, And it's, it was weird to me, too, that he wouldn't be like, oh, let me peel this off of you. I put this on you by accident. I meant to put it on whatever. <laughs> so I knew when he left it there, you know.
0: Mm, Again, yeah.
2: judging something that's not, you're just supposed to have fun with it and not judge mm-hmm. it. But I was judging mm. it.
0: Judging is a form of enjoyment, I think.
2: Right. true, <laughs> true.
0: <laughs> Criticism. So now let's talk about horse racing because they're like showing people the photo and they're not getting anywhere, but then they just happen on TV uh, (laughs) to see a horse racing announcement about a horse called Gokai Teo. What was the horse you were telling us about, Michael? Uh, Tokai Teo. So this is Gokai instead of Tokai, but otherwise Mm -hmm. it's a reference to that horse. They're riffing that horse for sure. I think this is a little easier to figure out when you're watching it in English than with subtitles than if you were watching it in Japanese and just listening mm-hmm. because it's the name of the four cats in a different order. Mm-hmm. We were told the cats were Kai, Te, Go, O oh, and this is Go, Kai, Te, O. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he like does the rearrangement and writes it down on a piece of paper and is like this guy named his cats after the horse.
2: This was a savant moment definitely because I was like how did he That was Oh, I caught it.
1: I caught it as the as, as soon as they said the horse's name, I was like, oh, it's the cats.
2: Because you're also a genius. That's No, right. I'm just deeply steeped
1: in anime and <laughs> I I've heard a lot of Japanese, so maybe I just picked it out better. But this was a a, a moment that reminded me of uh Scott Pilgrim. Gene, I don't know if you've ever seen it. But there's a moment in that movie where he's like he's reading an email and he's like, this is this is boring <laughs> delete cuz <want> <laughs> cuz conan had that moment where he was like the, the the horse and the name and this is this is not important not important
0: <laughs> and the other thing about the cats i often save this till the end of the episode but i'm going to say this now in english the cats names were t Pear, eyes and pros and i don't know how they turned that into a clue cuz i i didn't dig up the um like what happened in the English what version the of the episode? T pair eyes and prose. So, is there a horse named T eyes prose pair? You know, because <laughs> often they have to like if they dub over it, they have to come up with a new, they have to replace the Japanese wordplay, which is frequent with something else. Prosper eyes <laughs> T. Oh, that's what it is. I think that I think you're right. I think the horse was called Prosperity. <gasps> ah, that's.
2: Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> It's a wow, stretch, that's so but... smart. No smart <laughs> though. I never I was like, how do you rearrange secretariat?
1: <laughs> well, it helps that I literally they said when I asked, I brought up a notepad and I yeah. typed them out so I could go through a bunch
0: of patterns real quick. <laughs> I cheated. So Conan comes up with this thing and doesn't immediately go, oh, this guy likes horse racing. And it's Ron who is like, we need to go to the horse track. And she brings them to the horse track well, to try I to find think, the guy. I think the reasoning isn't that he didn't
1: come up with it, but so. They're currently investigating a case of a missing person, and a horse race is somewhere you go for fun. So if you're a missing person, you probably shouldn't be at the place you go for fun. So he dismissed it as being not helpful, I think is what happened. But then they go and they immediately find him.
2: This is a classic detective thing, I think, across the board where there's always somebody saying, that's not that's not a possibility. We were just talking about this the other night on Crime and Cookies because I said there's, like, especially, like, in Law and Order, there's always an episode where somebody breaks character to sort of, like, uh, victim blame a little bit, and then mm-hmm. the other people are like, well, you're not thinking about how difficult it is for sex workers. And, like, you know, like, there's, like, a, like, a teaching moment, and that mm-hmm. would never, ha- like, the character would never be against that person normally, and I feel like that's another, it's kind of similar to what's going on here. It's just sort of like, it's not going to be the racetrack. And then you know it's going to be the <laughs> racetrack. It's just, and it's like, why is this person doubting when usually they're so open to any possibility? It's just like, you know, it, it's mm. like a classic trope, I think, of detectiving, <laughs> TV detectiving.
0: Uh, so when they get to the track, there's this one of two moments where like Conan and Kogoro are on the same page, and often like, They're not because Kogoro is usually a bad detective and Conan's a good detective, but both of them are in sync here. Where they're like, Ron is like, "Oh, we'll find him right away." And it's this is a huge racetrack. There's tons of people here. (laughs) It's not that easy to find someone in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And Ron's like, "We're gonna find him," and and of course, there he is. He walks right in front of him, right there.
2: That missing person. Always how it happens.
0: But instead of confronting him, they follow him back to his house. There's a lot in this first half of the episode where they're just like, it's so fast. These scenes are so short and they're jumping from one place to the next. So, Mm -hmm. from the racetrack, they follow him back to his house. They have also summoned um, his daughter, Masami, to come meet with him. Mm -hmm. But the meeting is a bit odd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why is that? Well, because
1: he's terrified to see her. He's like, (laughs) they're
2: they're terrified. Yeah, their terrified faces are my favorite. Because it happens so much. And it's like, so, I know that's like an anime thing, I think. But it's just like that pause and shock and the eyes go like white. And I'm like, this is great.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but then, um, what's the, what's the girlfriend's name again? Ron. Ron. Okay. So the, I think it's interesting that Ron's like, well, she put makeup on. Because somebody says she put makeup on. That's weird. And Ron's like, well, she put it on for her father. And I was like... Mm. <laughs> that's weird. <It's> like, <laughs> like obviously, that's a clue that something's off, but it's such an awkward exchange that I was like, I, clearly something's wrong. But the way they explain it is very weird to me. I was like, ew. They're like calling
0: this. out, yeah, that she looks a little different from when she yeah. came to the detective agency. Mm-hmm. This is only the second time they've seen her, and she also has more grown-up clothing. Mm. Yeah, so she looks less young. Yeah. I'm curious if you were starting like do you do you happen to remember where your mind was starting to go here? Were you starting to suspect things about what was happening?
2: Well, okay, so I'm going to admit that I forgot about the three people in the beginning because I was trying to just orient myself. Yeah. In the first scene, I definitely knew that she wa- like that something was up, and then yeah. but this this scene just confirmed it to me, and I again. In my asshole mind, I'm like, I'm like, what kind of detectives are you? I figured it out. Like, she's clearly not who she says she is. But um, they're all just like, like, oh, she's just sexy for her dad. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So it's just like, yeah. At that point, I had already settled on the fact that something had to be hanky. Otherwise, why are we watching this?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if like you're like you're in this scenario as a detective, and it's like. Okay, something weird is up, but I'm a private detective. I was paid to find this person. And like, what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Like, what's my, like, what do you even bother to do? Right. Like, oh, it's weird. Oh, well. Do, 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 do.
2: And also, <laughs> though, they fulfilled their contract. They say, we'll find your dad. And then she finds him. Mm-hmm. So technically, they're, they're done.
0: done. Yeah. It's closed. But that's. The, uh, the- we're only like a third of the way into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dense with action here.
2: I would have and been yelling out like, I can't, can't, when do I get paid? That's it. <laughs> I would have been out of there.
0: <laughs> so first, when they leave, we notice for the first time this guy with sunglasses and a trench coat. Mm-hmm. Creepy trench coat guy be creeping. <laughs> right. There's always a guy like him just standing around. Mm-hmm. And then we get a quick shot of... The guy they found, Kenzo Hiroda, ends up murdered that night. We see him hanging. We see his cats below him.
2: <laughs> Sorry, it's so not for kids. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is not for kids."
0: They darked it out a lot to hide the violence yeah. of it. I know, but, but yeah. I was like,
2: "Is that man hanging?"
0: <laughs> Over mm-hmm. time, the show gets less violent as it gets okay. more popular with families. Right. But yeah, the, in the previous episode we did, there was like what appeared to be a disembodied head.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice, mm-hmm. but you, you know? can't
0: you can't leave that body there too long. Or those cats are gonna eat it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ron and Kugra and Conan come by, I guess, just to check on what's going on, and they they learn that he's dead, and they talk to the landlord, and the landlord tells him them a couple things. First of all, that this is now considered a murder. The police have decided it's a murder. Second, that the landlord thinks the daughter is probably dead because he was murdered, and also this guy came in. He paid cash for a whole year. Of rent, like with paid weirdly it all up crisp front. money, yeah, yeah, it was all brand new dollar bills, mm-hmm. not weird.
2: <laughs> also, side note, love that landlord. I don't know why I love <laughs> yeah. the side character. Like, I just want an episode about the landlord's life and day. <laughs> so, not that I don't like the main character, but I just it, the landlord was so much more compelling to me. I love the mm-hmm. the shirt waist pull, you know, the pants pulled all the way. Just everything was delightful. <laughs> curmudgeoned
1: very short older woman seems to be a stereotypical (laughs)
0: landlord (laughs) in anime and that should be
2: a main like why not a series about that woman because that woman is cool as far as i'm concerned
0: (laughs) that's not the first murder to happen here (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) <laughs> She's used to it. This is what she. Does. This is her brand. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's like, why are my tenants always getting murdered?
0: <laughs> and we get a few more details about the murder. They, the recurring police inspector Megure, who covers all the murders in Tokyo and knows them to, enough to like tell them what was going on. It's a little far fetched, but he he tells them right. some details. Mm-hmm. The guy was actually killed before he was hanged, um, and there are large hand marks on his neck, like he was strangled by a large man. They also found the daughter Masami's glasses on the floor of the crime scene, but she's not there. Not only did they find the glasses, but he was like, "I am touching these glasses with my fingers. Would you like to touch them with your fingers? <laughs> yes. Not a
1: cop? Why? Thank you. I will touch them with my fingers. Here is your evidence yeah. back."
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't – yeah, that whole – the part of the police is just uh, non – like just unbelievable or the law enforcement. And then the part that they don't suspect her is unbelievable to me. That they immediately Mm. go to, well, she's kidnapped is –
0: Or dead, yeah. Or dead is
2: absurd. I'm like – The cause and effect She was wearing lipstick, guys. (laughs) To be
1: fair, the evidence points to – uh, like a very tall, strong right, person right. physically assaulting him, so it
0: doesn't seem like she's the the culprit in that right. scenario. I'm gonna jump us forward a tiny bit and then rewind. But there's this cause and effect here, right? Of like, mm-hmm. this guy shows up dead the next day after we we did this, and there's another character who makes that conclusion that they that they don't make, which is how that cause and effect works. Oh, my God, there's just so much happening in this episode. But before we get there, Conan, this is the time when Conan uses the watch because they're all worried that she might be dead. So, Or not the watch, the, the glasses. This is the time where he uses the glasses. They're all worried that she's dead. So he turns it on and tries to track her down. And But what does he find in the Pajinko parlor? Some big old man. Mm-hmm. And I think this is definitely like I had seen this before, but it still is like we've just heard that a big man strangled someone and he <laughs> happens to run into a big man when mm-hmm. he's trying to track this other lady. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. This is also one of many, uh, at least early, I, I suspect he keeps doing it forever, uh, moments where he is a six-year-old in the yeah. care of these people. And he's it's like in the <sighs> evening and he's like, yeah. i am got to go. Bye. And they're like, where are you going? He's like, IDK. <laughs> nobody.
2: Nope, he just yeah, leaves. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> cool with it. And then nobody is weirded. Like, why is he wearing a petite woman's watch? How does it fit him? This is a huge man, and she's a petite yeah. woman. It, now makes, has... it drives me nuts, that part. Because I'm like, no, no, he's not wearing mm. her watch.
1: Yeah, that's jumping, uh, That's a little bit of a detail forward. But yeah. No, that's he, fine. Essentially, yeah, he is wearing her watch. Because that's
2: what we learned, right? That he's, yeah. He's got the watch on because that's how he tracks. So it's just bizarre. Oh, we don't know it then, do we? Yeah, at that point, they
1: think she might be there at the pachinko parlor. You're right. I'm
2: sorry. I thought they showed it. Yeah, I thought. It's fine. We're
0: we're nearly there. That's a reasonable conclusion to make. (laughs) A lot happened. You're not (laughs) spoiling most of the details. (laughs) So that night, this is one of the like two breakout, very anime exaggerated moments in the episodes, and probably my favorite of the two Mm -hmm. um, because. They notice the trench coat man is standing outside. And Gina, you referenced this, that Ron sees him down there. And um, rather than letting, like, Kogoro run down the stairs, she mm-hmm. opens their second floory window <laughs> and just jumps out. Mm-hmm. I said Flory, like floor and Story. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, she jumps. She leaps out that window, Crazily. chases this guy, and kick. then kicks his car window open. <laughs> the kick is just my smashes it.
2: It's so <laughs> unexpected. I'm like, what's she gonna do? And then all of a sudden, she goes into like rage mode. She does this badass kick that would never happen. Like just destroys the window, pulls this huge man out, and I'm like, how is this? possible
1: she is you wouldn't know this because it's not been hinted at introduced or referenced at all at this point in the episode but she is a uh what, karate
2: champion
0: yes yeah, spec- oh champion. okay yeah makes sense so she can like take down people because she's got the skills but the like flying kick into a car window i feel like would break your foot <laughs> yes. the shatterproof glass actually probably
1: would like it would it wouldn't necessarily cut you up because it's designed to, like, fragment either into pieces or, like, be stuck together. So it might be okay. But it's still yeah. not very believable that she was just Oh, no. It.
2: It's an outrageous <laughs> – it's a completely outrageous moment that, if you are just watching that episode, feels completely out of character for her. <laughs> and even if she is this champion, this guy's, like, a big man. Like, there would still be a, an, an intense fight. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't give up. So it just was very funny to me. I really enjoyed that whole sequence because I was like, I didn't expect it. And I was like, oh.
0: Well, when the big scary man takes off his sunglasses in a minute, it turns out that he's just a cutie with these <laughs>
2: big cute eyes.
0: And he has to hide them behind sunglasses so people will take him seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a gentle soul and he tries to hide it.
2: Is that what it means? The eyes are like what kind of person you are?
0: I guess it, okay. it was very silly. I think that's another that felt like an, a silly anime thing to me because those are like mm-hmm. the silly cute anime eyes mm-hmm. that he had. I think a modern a modern
1: day internet person might call them uwu eyes. Probably oh, okay. that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know uwu. It's like a little cat face with like je- like cute little eyes.
0: Oh. oh, I see. So that's uwu. So who is the man in the trench coat with the cutie eyes? Michael. Oh, <laughs> I'm like who are you asking? <laughs>
1: It's another detective Ever. that was hired by uh, the big, tall,
0: scary man. Yeah. Uh, and this is crazy because the man from the pachinko parlor hired him. And he told that guy that he was Kenzo Hirota's brother, a man named Akira Hirodo, 28 years old, s- six foot three. And everybody realizes that the story they told this detective when they hired him conflicts with the one the girl had given because th- they both said they were his only family and they both said he was from different cities.
2: And this is where the, the, if, you know, modern day, you could just hop online and figure mm-hmm. it out. But the beauty of 1996 is that it takes a lot of footwork, yeah.
0: Eventually, the police are going to be like, oh, yeah, he had no kids, which is the detail you mentioned a little earlier. But, yeah, it takes the police, like, two hours to dig that information up. <laughs>
2: exactly. Which I like. I enjoy that so much better. It's almost like the internet has ruined the fun. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm sure detectives don't think that. They're grateful that it only takes five minutes. But for me, the viewer, it's more fun to see you go and try and figure it out.
0: Yeah, you can always write retro mysteries. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the other detail we learned from the detective is that he had talked to the taxi company. And the, the murdered guy, Kenzo, would take his taxi out, drive the same route without picking up passengers every night at high speed. And and he this is what I was alluding to. He was like, Oh, I told this big tall guy where he lived, and then that night he was murdered. I think maybe big tall guy did it. And it's like, yeah, obvious, cause and effect. <laughs> yep. This is where the commercial break happens. Um it's it seems like if we were gonna do a commercial today, it would probably be for glasses. Because that's what you were, I don't you were need plugging to for everyone glasses. earlier. I don't big need
2: glasses, <laughs> I know.
0: But if they want to support this podcast, they can email us at dyingmessagepodcast.gmail.com. Uh, I'd prefer any optical. You can, you can sponsor us. That's who you were <laughs> plugging before. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: okay. Because like, there's one big giant mega corporation that owns like all the glasses making corporations mm-hmm. in yeah. America. And they're icky. So we don't want
2: them. yeah i mean it's if you need glasses and then uh sunglasses like i do it's a lot Mm -hmm. it's like it's almost like when i teach a class an overload class because i always teach overload classes test you know for extra travel money or whatever when i do Mm. that um that like it would it would take me a semester of an overload class to pay for new glasses and sunglasses it it does i mean that's what it costs and it's just like imagine that's 16 weeks Of teaching and grading for two Mm -hmm. pair of glasses. It feels wrong. Mm -hmm.
1: For several reasons. For several
2: reasons. And then just think of people who don't have that opportunity to, Mm -hmm. you know, like they have to do a lot more work. And I would argue like 16 weeks of teaching doesn't even feel like, like, I feel like I should get more than two pairs of glasses
0: for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first thing that happens after the commercial break, we ha- we get another scene with Professor Gassa because the um, the glasses had died, so he has to go recharge them, and they're recharging it with like a giant car battery that's plugged into his teeny tiny. <laughs> well, it's glasses. funny because
1: in, in our previous Detective Conan episode, I brought up the like inexplicable nature of their gadgets, like the small batteries that they would have yeah, to have. That and lasts the fact forever. Nineteen ninety six, and it's like my lithium ion in my in my like smartwatch. It doesn't last as long as some of these gadgets. It's just like if, <laughs> if you have to
0: charge it with such a big battery, but it's so small, like how? Where is that it going? Small bat- yeah. Where does the juice go?
2: <laughs> have, you, have you ever done a comparison between these gadgets and Inspector Gadgets gadgets? Because it's been a while since I watched that show, but I wonder, and that was the eight, what, the 80s? You guys mm. probably, I don't even know if you know. And, oh, yeah. And uh, so I wonder how they match up.
1: Well, so I know he had like his fingy phone, right? uh, Or as I called, not an improv phone,
2: (laughs) right? Uh, (laughs)
0: um,
1: But like you could compare that to his little like walkie-talkie badge, I guess. But like uh, there's his body is maybe powering his gadgets. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, or if he's got batteries everywhere, right? But there's more room for a source of power in in Inspector gadgets,
2: right? (laughs) Are the the gadgets as advanced, or they're like pretty rudimentary, aren't they? Like has a propeller or something? Okay.
0: This is more explicit in other detective anime, but I think this is also a reference back to the books by Edegawa Rampo, who wrote one of the more famous series of d- mystery detective novels in the 1940s in Japan. and his, he also had a, a series a children that solved crimes along with the detective, who were called the Detective Boys, which is a thing on Detective Conan. But the main lead, like child detective that worked with him had seven detective tools. And it was like a flashlight and okay. a crowbar and his little kit that he took with him. So I think this idea of like detectives have tools that they use mm-hmm. um, comes comes from that and is okay. is a a bit of a cultural reference point. And I, yeah, we don't have quite the same thing. Like Sherlock Holmes has just a lot of stuff. He's got his hat <laughs> but, yeah, and, and a magnifying glass.
2: I went to the spy museum in DC and it was interesting to me to see the early spy tools that mm-hmm. th- that were invented and how useless they would be now, especially. <laughs> Probably
0: super obvious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah. But it's just, you know, that the – because they always seem like a silly addition to these things, but it mm-hmm. they existed in real life, so.
0: So the other thing that happens in this quick scene with Professor Agasa is – he is telling him to cool it that you're charging in headlong, just like the security guard that was killed by those three robbers who stole a billion yen because he rushed in and he was also killed. Huh? Hmm. I wonder why he mentioned that. Mm. (laughs) This is the second episode, uh, a row. The very last episode we covered, which was actually three weeks ago was Ayumi Chen kidnapping case. And in that one, there was, um, in the newspaper, they were reading about someone that was kidnapping and, and murdering children. And in this one, they're now seeing in the newspaper that there, there are these robberies. And will that end up being important? We'll find out in just a moment. I'm glad you mentioned it, Noah. I missed what Professor Agosta was saying during that scene
1: because his fists were so full of ham. All I could, fi- all I could focus on were his ham fists. That's all I could focus on. I feel like you're just making a joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so everything is going to happen real fast now. Conan tracks the woman to a hotel and they all go there. They're like, oh, what's that six-year-old
1: child? You saw a murderer on your way home from school? Okay, let's go.
0: Yeah, that's the story he tells them. (laughs) And they find out what room he's in. He gets the elevator. And as he's waiting for an elevator, a woman comes out. Does anybody want to describe her outfit? This is like, I feel like this is the 90s fashion in the episode. Oh, she was Carmen Sandiego, but without the hat. Well, because she was wearing red, I guess. Mm-hmm.
2: And a super it was the long legs with the short skirt again. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then you know, yeah.
0: And she was in high heels.
2: Did she have a beret on, or is that my mm-hmm. I'm imagination? Oh, she okay, did wear okay. a beret, red beret. Yeah.
0: And later we see these big chunky glass earrings that she has. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's so well, I, I I don't know if I can give anything away, but I just at this point was like, we're so Whoa. close. Mm-hmm. I know. I was just like, guys yeah at that you? moment
1: i was like are you well, looking
0: here's the thing right like we've seen this woman who the second time was dressed slightly differently and there was something off about her appearance mm-hmm. and then here when she opens the elevator uh she's like oh my god she sees them and is all shocked for a moment and knocks over her luggage and like why was she surprised I mean, her
1: giant pile people?
0: of very heavy luggage that she's parting yeah. away
2: and she literally so is like. I, I think it's reasonable for everybody <laughs>
0: yeah. to suspect that maybe she is someone we have seen before when this happens. Because yeah. yeah. she looks just like her, mm-hmm. but yeah. with different glasses and clothes. And <laughs> there's three
2: of them. There's three mm-hmm. people or four people. Is it three or four standing there?
0: There's four of them. Yeah. Although one of them is the detective who hadn't really seen right, her. Right, right, but... right.
2: So there's three who have seen her now two times. So mm-hmm. I don't know. One of them?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's just five minutes behind because he's gonna realize it's her in, in like half a second. Right,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: But first, uh, they go up and find the this other guy is dead. The tall guy that presumably had killed Kenzo, mm-hmm. he has blood down the front of his shirt. He's holding a can of beer, and Kogoro smells it and says it smells like potassium cyanide.
2: Mm-hmm. Which I thought you couldn't. I thought you couldn't smell that. I thought you. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe he has a heightened smell, but I thought very few people could smell that.
0: Well yeah, I, uh, on Wikipedia it's just, it's the it is the thing with the bitter almond smell, which mm-hmm. I know like was a, I read about it a lot in Agatha Christie. They're like, "Oh, it smells like almonds." But it did say there's like a genetic trait and some yes. people can smell it and some people can't.
2: Yeah, there was a true crime episode where there was somebody who somebody was poisoned and um, the hospital, like they couldn't figure out. And like there happened to be, a, I think, I mean, I'm getting maybe the details wrong, but there happened to be a nurse or somebody there who had the ability to smell it. So I assumed from that, what I was listening to, that it was a rare, that not like very few people have this ability. So, it but
0: may- yeah, it may be rare. I mean, he would know maybe as a detective and former police detective that Kogoro is whether or not he could smell it. Mm. But, yeah, people wouldn't use it to poison people if, like, just most people would notice. I've never smelled the smell and thought to myself,
1: I wonder if anyone else is
0: capable of right. smelling this. That's interesting <laughs> to think about. Yeah, there's there's some weird stuff like that uh, genetically.
2: Right. Apparently, it's a thing. But like... I know
0: that with, um,
1: what's it called? Uh, the thing that, that tastes like soap. Uh, green leafy. Cilantro. Thank you. Cilantro. Uh. I taste intense soap flavor from even a small amount of cilantro. And I know that's like not everybody has that reaction. Although Noah, you've normally enjoyed cilantro, and the other day you were like, "I think there's soap in this salsa verde," and I'm like, "No, it's the no." Cilantro. I I think there might have <laughs>
0: I think there might have been soap in it, and I needed a third person to ask if it tasted like soap because <laughs> I, think I do had a lot cilantro. of cilantro in it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs>
2: I have a very very strong sense of smell and so does my son and we're both extremely picky eaters like mm. we don't like a lot of things and I think obviously it's related but so I always wondered would I be able to smell the um what is it called the, the potassium, potassium cyanide oxygen. but yeah. maybe I'm just like internally bragging that I would just be <laughs> like oh, you were poison
0: <laughs> well this is the first episode in a while when Conan isn't smelling something because he, he, he keeps like getting down on the ground and smelling mm-hmm. salt water and tasting salt water <laughs> And
1: drugs,
0: powdered drugs. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. that's cocaine. Totally safe that's cocaine for guys. a six-year-old. Like to have the <laughs> yeah. six-year-old test the cocaine. Like.
0: Um, so he sees one more. He sees a two more kind of clue things. He does notice the man is wearing her watch, mm-hmm. Masami's watch, and mm-hmm. he also sees a bunch of empty Dora Lumen cases, which I feel like I've only heard about in the context of like money being in them like by used by mobsters and stuff when they go and they open the thing and there's just stacks and stacks of cash mm-hmm. well it's it's just like a specific kind of aluminum right it's, it's a certain kind of aluminum. i'm, I'm
2: sorry because you cut out for one second like there i thought they were soda cans what are they
0: oh i was talking about the door cases the metal the big metal suitcases
2: oh those sorry yeah. sorry getting ahead yeah. of myself okay
0: well that's where we're at so he noticed right. those and then he summarizes three clues, which finally catch him up with us. <laughs> he he talks about and in our previous show that we were watching, this would have been the three hints moment. <laughs> oh no! Uh,
1: did he you always say to...
0: hintomitsu? Is that is that what he always said? Uh, maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. He, the, the detective would say three hints. Mm-hmm. So the three hints here are that there were the two conflicting people looking for Kenzo that both had different stories the fact that he drove that weird routine in his cab and the empty cases that they found here. Also, we've been hearing about this robbery. Guess what? These three people were the people that did the robbery. Gasp. And why was he doing that weird driving thing? I think that's the one thing we should probably explain. Because he's the getaway driver, so to practice uh, doing getaway driving. But they presume that he took all the money and tried to flee, which is why they were both searching him and ultimately killed him. Mm-hmm.
2: If he was really scared, why did he go to the horse races? That's my, I'm just confused.
0: Right, yeah. he did a very bad job of laying low. Yeah, yeah he, he should like, have just got, go got out of town. He didn't leave the city.
2: There's horse <laughs> races in other places. Just like, oh
0: Japan is big <laughs> enough you could, you know, yeah, move to a different city and, and and do that.
2: But in this universe, all you have to do is walk into the racetrack and he's right there. So <laughs> he needs to go further. <laughs>
0: He didn't know he was caught in a coincidence loop. He didn't know. Right, 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 right. Apparently, the amount of time they were up there investigating the body is the exact amount of time it took the woman from the elevator, who they realize now is her, to wait in the long line for cabs. And so just as they're coming (laughs) down the stairs, she's stepping into a cab. Ha, they they try to go to the front, but the guy stops them because they're cutting the line. And I just I thought this was also a great moment in the episode because Ron is with Conan and and like bullies the guy to let them into the next cab. Well, she like she gets like very intense look
1: in her eyes, and she's like, "Our father is going to die on a mountain, or right. something like that. <laughs> yes. Like our dad's
0: going to be chopped <laughs> into pieces and buried alive in the mountains right. if we don't save him."
2: Another not kid friendly <laughs> situation that I was like, oh. <laughs>
1: Like you could have said something intense about what's actually happening, not some weird "my father's going to be chopped up" thing.
2: Our friend is having a baby. (laughs) I don't know something like yeah, not so dark. (laughs) (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. So dark. I did honestly think for a moment she was just going to threaten to beat him up.
2: Yeah. So
0: (laughs) I don't know if that would have been better.
2: (laughs) She could have given him that, given him that kick, and that would have ended it. But
0: Mm -hmm. and it's kind of interesting to me in this episode, Conan doesn't get to like explain the murder to everybody or what was going on, but he is just like narrating in his head. And so while they're in the cab, he says one more thing, which is that the reason she looked different the second time is because she was in a hurry and didn't put on her full disguise. That's why she was wearing makeup Mm -hmm. and all that. This brings us Mm -hmm. to the final part of the episode, which takes place in the docks among rows of shipping containers, that classic place. This is a bit of a coincidence, but literally yesterday my mom sent me um, a text with a picture from some docks of shipping containers. Japanese shipping containers. From Japan. The shipping containers from Japan. (laughs) Is that where (laughs) she's
2: hiding out right now? Is she hiding out right now there? No, she went on a (laughs) tour of like the
0: Georgia Port Authority.
1: She's meeting a mysterious mastermind
2: actually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she killed a man who she told other people was her father.
0: Yeah, I'll like go down to visit them and the house will be empty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> She'll be wearing a beret and a very short
0: skirt. But well, you will not recognize your mother because she is wearing a beret <laughs> and a different outfit. I think my mom has worn berets before, so I wouldn't put it past her.
2: They're cool. I mean, if you could pull one off, I say do it. I could not, but. I've never
0: tried. I
1: should try someday. You
2: should. Maybe in your next Smoke Break, just as like, not for prop comedy, but just like character
0: mm-hmm. building.
2: Barry wears
1: hats a lot. So, yeah. yeah,
0: Barry being your yeah, character I'm in the go. improv show Smoke Break, which people can Google and find out more about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: So, sorry for cross-promoting. No, it's great. We love it.
1: <laughs>
0: no one ever mentions my my work. <laughs> 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 so they're all like running around in the docks. He again like runs ahead of Ron and she loses him. We learned that Masami Hirota's real name is her personal name is Akemi and her family name is Miyano, which matters sort of. We'll talk about that later. And she's confronting this guy named Okita, who is like clearly evil looking. Is there any other way mm-hmm. to describe him? He, re- <sighs> he must resemble
1: some other evil looking character either in the show or in another show because I'm like I've seen Anubis this guy before. Sir second, like, Anubis from in Detective
0: M-? Academy Q. Is that
1: it?
2: <laughs> Michael looks so delighted right now.
1: No, they don't look anything is it not alike. <laughs> no, he's Sir Anubis is like he looks like he's never slept and he has like blonde hair. This guy is dark, look, dark long hair and, and glasses. And okay, whatever. Coat. They
0: both have long hair.
1: Not even kind it's, of Is similar. the
2: long hair meant to, like, he's bad because he has long hair? Is that still a thing in the 90s? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I don't so. so. The, okay. the thing we
0: know about Japan is tattoos mean you're in a gang. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. okay. But, gotcha, uh, gotcha, but
0: I don't gotcha. know anything about hair length.
2: Right. That was an old thing, like, you know, no hippies allowed. So I didn't mm. know how long it, but he definitely has a different look physical look than everybody else.
0: And he they basically set him up to be responsible for all the bad things that have happened. He was the one who arranged got the three of them together and, and made the plan for the robbery. He was, it seems, always planning to kill all three of them. He was the one that poisoned the beer. She just gave it to him. She didn't know it was poisoned because she he wanted that guy out of the way. Um, and she's trying to like play it smart. She doesn't have the money with her and she's not going to tell him where it is. It's this big uh, you know, action-y confrontation that we're getting in this episode.
2: The beef I have with this part, I have a couple of beefs, but the one <laughs> major beef is I was so disappointed that there was a male mastermind behind it. Like, like we never met him, so I'm like, who is this guy? And then I really wanted her to be the master, like, I wanted it to be the woman. I thought it was mm-hmm. cool to have the woman be the last one standing and for her to be the ultimate bad guy or whatever and then it's this doofy guy <laughs> there's
0: something really strange going on here too because this storyline is adapted directly from the manga uh, which was written first mm. and in the manga the mass, this all goes exactly the same way but the person at the docks is someone we've seen before it's the men in black who had given him the poison that shrunk him into a kid so they were the masterminds behind it and they changed okay. this for the anime, and they have a problem. When this plays out, she's going to survive. But in the anime, the character Akemi Miyano dies in this scene. And oh, then okay. it matters later on. And so, like, a 100 episodes from now, they introduce another character <laughs> oh! named Akemi Miyano and have her die in a r- related way because they're like, oops. Oh. that's the thing so they yeah they just created this doofus crime guy and it it, for for no reason apparently when they made the anime and yet it's definitely because it's no longer creating this important plot link it's it's just super super random as a twist Mm. here Hmm.
2: i mean that the the payoff is 100 episodes later is very disappointing
0: (laughs) (laughs) well part of the part of that is because there's a lot of um the manga was going slower, and so they had to come up with new murders. But the plot of the show moves like molasses, like you know, <laughs> in terms of when things. I happen. mean, it
1: is a thousand episodes later, and yeah, nothing has happened. Just about nothing has changed.
2: <laughs> so, there's just
1: more characters.
2: Yeah, I'm confused about why they even poisoned this kid in the first place. I don't understand. Like that's the it's part supposed. That it was supposed was to be to a you.
1: new poison they had developed that doesn't leave any like trace. Yeah so you can't tell how the okay. person was killed uh, but it turns out it turns like one out of every like
0: 1000 people into a right. child they thought they were killing him <laughs> but it, it but they and they walked away and then he shrank so they don't know he's not dead
2: but they were killing him because he was like some great detective is that why
0: he saw them doing a transaction he saw uh, like <sighs> a bribery gotcha, thing gotcha, gotcha. yeah there's a lot of pieces gotcha. there Right, so this is a pretty dramatic scene. Conan happens to arrive just in the nick of time and he uses one of his recurring gadgets here, which is his super powered kick shoes.
2: (laughs) Which I didn't know about, so I was a little confused, right?
0: Yeah, definitely, because his just feet start to glow and he kicks a random piece of plastic on the ground and it knocks the guy with enough force to like temporarily daze him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like, I always like the kicking. Of things it's
1: very (laughs) actually and then
0: when the guy gets up in a minute he has to kick the thing again and knock him out a second time with the ricochet off of the wall and my guess is when that guy got up the second time is probably when he killed her in the original version of this story in the written version Mm -hmm. there's this whole exchange between him where she explains how he found her and i don't know they have a weird connection but this is mostly it the episode kind of wraps up and and the money is eventually recovered
1: yeah, it's one of those very silly moments that happens, like maybe a little too frequently, where it's like, I have caught you, adult criminal. Also, I am a child detective.
0: <laughs> he he, yeah, yeah. identifies himself <laughs> as a child detective.
2: <laughs> and it bothered me, I think. I mean, again, I'm looking at it too realistically, but I'm like, they're just monologuing something that they could have just shown earlier in the episode. Like it's... Like, Mm -hmm. the whole explanation, like, he has to say the explanation of where the money is allowed so that the criminal can, the long-haired guy can arise having heard it. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's too explainy. And I feel like, I don't know, because I I was enjoying it, I wanted it to, I think it deserves better than, like, Mm -hmm. this wrap-up where they're just literally telling each other Yeah what happened well, you, and i'm like if eh. you do
1: not like anime that is very explainy and that is mostly about people telling the other person <laughs> what has happened
0: do not watch Yu-Gi-Oh. that is <laughs> okay. the entire show <laughs> okay. but but 80 or 80 plus percent of the episodes on this show or the plot arcs on this show end with a more traditional um end to a murder mystery like you know thinking mm. sherlock holmes or whatever where the detective has all the suspects and is like let me explain to you how this happens so there's usually right. ends with explaining and here we mostly got it in inner monologue <laughs>
2: yeah it, it drives me crazy you know what too I like again it's what I tell my st- like what I just tell my students not to do <laughs> that like show don't tell that old cliche and
0: mm-hmm, so when mm-hmm. I see
2: it I'm like oh what are you doing but I also get that they have a half hour to tell a show I mean 25 minutes yeah to mm-hmm. tell a story and animation is really real if you're trying to like churn out animation it's really hard to do that quantity in a short amount of time so i mean i get it but at uh, the storyteller in me is like stop it i really <laughs> felt the
0: crunch in this episode like it was just barreling along one more detail okay. i want to slip in before we forget which is that the money was left in the hotel lobby desk And he's like, "Well, I realized she didn't take it in the taxi because she didn't have it with her, so she must have just left it in the hotel lobby. Just, just so nobody leaves unsatisfied." To be honest, the way the show is paced nowadays,
1: the more recent episodes, I feel like, are almost constantly two-part episodes. Like they just constantly drag stuff out a little bit Mm -hmm. on smaller cases. So I feel like this maybe would have been better served, especially finding out later that this person was originally supposed to be an important character,
0: and they. Did it well, they, they must not have known. <laughs> right. It just happened in the manga and eventually it became important. So this was a moment that frustrated you, but you also talked about how much you enjoyed it. So what, what, is, yeah, what is your overall take?
2: So my overall t- like, there's obviously a silliness to it, but there's a silliness to all... In my opinion, most detective, even Law and Order, has an overarching silliness to. Even though it's completely, the stuff that's talking about is not silly. Silly, but there's something silly about solving something so quickly, and everything comes together, and there's the inevitable twist. Like there's a lot of things that are silly, but I, lo- the character of Conan is so likable. <laughs> He's such a likable (laughs) little guy and I like the idea of the poisoning and that people don't know and I think their side characters are fantastic like I (laughs) that landlord I don't know why but I it's just I when I when I saw it I thought the person who made this has a really good sense of humor because this landlord is fantastic. It's just like the cynical older detective who's not really good but thinks he's like good. Then the girl who's the girlfriend who seems naive but she's not really that naive but she holds back until she really has some. Like there's, it's not so silly that it feels insulting it's silly mm-hmm. in a way that all crime it shows are that i can appreciate and overlook because the characters are so likable and the story itself is not that bad like the the even though you figure it out it's a good idea yeah it works yeah. it's interesting
0: what what do you make of the overarching it turns out they were robbers like how did you were talking about being suspicious of some stuff was there anything that surprised you were mm-hmm. uh, were the clues satisfying the way everything unfolded?
2: I was um, mad at myself when I realized that I forgot about the three people in the the beginning. Because I was like, oh, if I Mm -hmm. had just remembered that, I would have understood. But I knew – I think the thing that was the most intriguing to me is I knew the girl – I forgot her name. Sorry. Um, I knew that she was not the daughter. And so I was really interested. And I knew that there was something else to her. And so I liked – figuring out what that was and like I said I wanted her to be this mastermind at the end. So that was like, I, you know, I love really mm. cool badass women characters and I was like really looking forward to her being like the the other girl who's going to kick through a window and kick ass <laughs> and that's what I was like <laughs> hoping and so I liked the idea. I like I really wanted her to be the one that put it all together, but the fact that she wasn't is still okay. You know, and she's a she's a thief. She's a thief. Who who par- at least participated in uh, one murder, or you know, was like agreeable to one murder happening, and so or two murders happen. Like she, you know, she was embroiled in it, and yet you still kind of like her in the end. So mm-hmm. there's something nice about that. I
0: did want to ask. You probably don't have one of these off the top of your head, but it might. I'm wondering if there's a real true crime of like a bank robbery, a couple people robbing a bank and then killing each other or something that this just like <laughs> reminds you of.
2: There so the only one I can think of and I don't remember the de- I remember thinking it was oh, you know what? I can think of two. I'm not going to get the the names right. It's I've heard them on podcasts, but there's one episode of my favorite murder where they cover the um the story behind Stockholm Syndrome that bank heist and that one is really fascinating and it reminds me not necessarily of this but the sort of humanity in it and the the curious way that you sort of like where we get Stockholm Syndrome from but it's not necessarily what we think it is and I don't remember the specific details but it does remind me and then there's another episode of Generation Y that they just did and I can't believe I don't remember the details but i listened to too many too much but it was um it was an excellent episode and I can send it I can send you the the name but it was um a cafe I think in Paris that was being held like being held hostage people in it were being held hostage and it sort of reminds it's not the same thing but it rem, there's echoes of it
0: yeah, because you were going to remember that one true crime case that was exactly the same as this. No, those are perfect. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. It would be weird if I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> and then I told you the exact same story. <laughs> yeah, no. But it's just Kansas. like the same. The, yeah. the And there's so many, I listen to so many that um, are murder, that it's infrequent, that it's like, not that there wasn't murder in these, but that the story was about something else. It wasn't just like a man stalks a woman and then murders her. It was this cafe was held under siege. So in this story, it's kind of the same thing where there's this other plot going on, but murder happens mm-hmm. within the context of that. So I guess that reminds me of that.
0: A- another question, would you watch more episodes of this?
2: I would. So yeah, I absolutely, actually, I thought about it, but then when I went, I then I was like, well, I went back to look at it, and then I'm like, wait, this isn't my... <laughs> I can't use this because this is not my login. But when I went back anyway, there's like one, there's like a million things, and I was like, I don't remember the name, like I couldn't find it. But then I was like, but this is also not my account, so I need to get rid, like, because I had to download the app and everything. And then I was like, oh, this is Michael's. This is not mine. (laughs) (laughs) I can't watch his.
0: I definitely like the first forty three episodes. I highly recommend. There's some good stuff later on, but it's a bit of a jump, and there's all these random new characters. At that point, <laughs>
2: does he stay six the whole time? The whole time, yeah. Think you know? Think oh, any cartoon
0: wow. world.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: I like to. Th- this is the kind of thing where it's like the amount of episodes it's done. It's like if you added up all the days that are portrayed in this anime, he'd have to have at least aged a few years. <laughs> Doesn't happen
2: though.
0: <laughs> yeah, they stay overnight places. They celebrate holidays. All these things that indicate the passage of time.
2: I want to show my son, but I don't know if. Like it, I guess it's not that dark. I mean, he's seen, like, you know, he's seen by accident, like, you know, pieces of dateline and things like that. So that's much darker.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how old is he? Or approximately 10. 10. Mm. So, yeah, he could, pro- he could probably do the newer stuff.
2: Okay. Maybe I'll, I'll bring him on board after uh, the first <laughs> thousand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I definitely first saw this, I was probably 14 when I was watching this on Adult Swim. Oof. <laughs>
1: I'm so old. I was an adult when I first saw this and it was the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I think he's so he's like so close. He's right on the edge. And sometimes mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you watch the first episode on your own, that is maybe one of the most Graphically violent episodes. Someone gets decapitated yeah. on a roller coaster.
2: Oh yeah, I and you
0: see like see blood spurt, and then you see dark. their head fall <laughs> down to the ground. uh You see a flashy
1: rainbow where a blood spurt would right. be, and then you see yeah. some blood land. That's what. Yeah. It's, so it's like a weird censorship thing
0: where it's like,
2: right? Yeah, uh,
0: I think right. And then there's two levels. There's the level of like the actual graphic. Like, can you see someone hurt? Can you see you know the dismemberment? Mm-hmm. And then just the like how how brutal is the murder? And like what psychologically does it mean to think about people murdering each other but this is so silly it's like maybe maybe it's all. yeah
2: that's what i'm thinking it's okay and like he's kind of i mean i hate to say but his mom loves true crime (laughs) so he is a little dark anyway you know like he'll like we were we were we had to go with his dad there was like a school event so we all drove together it was like an afternoon and we were driving home and his dad there was a garbage like a takeout bag tossed on the side of the road and I don't know why, but my ex was like, what do you think is in that bag? And I was like, a human head. And then just started laughing. And he was like, what is wrong with both of you? And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with us. But I was like, "You really wanted to know what I thought was in that head. I mean, that bag, I thought it was a human head. So it's like, you know, maybe he's potentially darker than most 10 years. <laughs> so he might be able to handle it.
1: Yeah, I feel like when I was 10, we were, like, watching, like, slasher movies at sleepovers after our parents went to mm-hmm. bed and stuff. So, like, it it might not be absurd. I don't yeah. know.
2: And he's on YouTube, like, 24-7, so God oh, don't even so- know. Like, I try to monitor it, but God <laughs> knows? only knows.
1: Mm. I mean, violence
0: gets removed from YouTube super quick, but. I also want to do, uh, just to put the question out into the ether, if anybody listening has kids and has shown them Detective Conan. And wants to weigh in on the question of what is what is what do you think is the appropriate age you can send that to dying messagepodcast at gmail.com and we will share with Gina and um, everyone and
1: if your children have as a result of watching Detective Conan become child detectives, please share with us all of the cases they
0: have solved Oh yeah, definitely so Gina um, we've hit on it a little bit you've got some true crime podcasting that you do and the show Crime and Cookies on Twitch what is the deal with those where do people go to find it what's going on
2: crime and cookies is on twice a week it's on twitch at twitch.tv slash crime and cookies so it's super easy to find and we are on tuesdays and friday nights at 7 p.m eastern standard time and it's a live show where tuesdays we cover uh real we take turns my co-host and I covering a real murder real true crime or murder sometimes that's happened and then Fridays is more of a loose schedule where we sort of talk about what's new and maybe pick a topic or watch a watch something and discuss it that kind of thing and then my podcast Ruthless is brand new it's serialized story the first season is coming out in August and then I am currently hard at work on season two. To be determined when that that actually comes out. I'm still in the interviewing phase of things, and we'll probably start writing and recording in the fall. So
0: okay, so I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about Ruthless. Not because Crime and Cookies <laughs> isn't great; people should definitely check that out. But I've seen that before, so I know I mm-hmm. I personally know a little bit about it. So for Ruthless, were you you were going out and were you going out and interviewing people? What's the format like?
2: So this was my first shot and it's really a cold case it's a murder it's a cold case of an 80 uh, de- uh, the death of an 81-year-old woman. So I really at this point in that the the I interview the family and so there's a lot of interviewing of the family and then I also in um interview a Social worker who talks to me about grief and things like that for the first season. So I was really contained because I didn't really want to. I was I didn't really have the. I don't want to say I didn't have the skill, but I didn't really go. I didn't go crazy for the first season because I really wanted to tell a very tight story. And it's a very simple story. Season two, I'm interviewing so many people. And now I'm learning how different it is and having, having to keep all of that straight. And one of my interviews ended up being three hours long. And I'm so scared to <laughs> <laughs> cut that down because I'm like, oh, my God. But season one is really nice because it's just uh, the family that I'm talking to and the grandmother slash mother that they lost. So I get a really in-depth, nice interview with them. And then the the social worker is a beautiful person who kind of helps talk through grief and the grief process and what that's like for people who have had family that's been murdered.
0: That sounds, that sounds really interesting. I like the bo- both angles bringing in the grief counselor. And I was also thinking mm-hmm. it really is there's a reason that like 99% of podcasts are like we're going to bring one person in and talk to them and release it because it's a lot of work to get all those different interviews and like edit it together. So that's,
2: yeah, it's overwhelming and scary. And then a lot of people don't say they want to be interviewed and don't want to be interviewed. So it's a, it's a definitely, it's a crazy process, but I, the, the thing that I wanted to do with this particular project is to also talk about my processing of something similar not that I've had that in my life I haven't had the experience that the two people in the in the podcast have but I sort of try and work through it knowing what I know in my own experiences so I'm sort of blending the two together and thinking about it more in a philosophical way but then also trying to tell a story so it's a little bit different so hopefully people I don't know hopefully people like it if not you know it's short
0: (laughs) yeah Check out the (laughs) Ruthless podcast.
2: Mm, Thank you.
0: Thank you, Gina, for joining us. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. We've really enjoyed having you with us and hearing about the new project. That's super exciting. Couple announcements for our listeners. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can connect with us on social media, Dying Message Podcast on Facebook, at Dying Message Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And then leave us that review on Apple Podcasts rate us as well that really helps people know that you enjoyed the show and that they should maybe check it out too on other podcast services you can subscribe follow us that is super super helpful and do send us that email to dying messagepodcast at gmail.com stick around um, got some fun stuff coming up some big ish plans for episode 50 Michael you know what those are don't look at me like you're confused
2: <laughs> I guess do I? you don't
0: know that I'm like this is a big ish plan for episode 50 I see. We're having mm. the same pair of guests for 49 and 50. Anyway, you'll find out soon enough.
2: It's a. Ca- it's going to be a cabaret episode.
0: <laughs> Ooh. The musical episode. Actually, we just did the musical yes. episode of our podcast. Oh, you did? But it, was, oh. it was Beethoven was the music.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think you need like an all-out spectacular, like the jazzy <laughs> jazzy gloves and the yeah. kicking heels and all well, that. Well,
1: you don't have to yeah. choreograph. All those things that are great on a
0: podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! You, do, you don't have to choreograph
0: a musical podcast, but you do have to compose it and then sing. Mm-hmm. Right, mark? right, right, right. <laughs> So, before we go, there's one unsolved mystery left today, and that is the mystery of the spoiled cinema.
2: That's my story. That's your
0: story. Yeah. What's the deal with <laughs> cinema being spoiled?
2: So I. We've talked a lot about Law and Order uh, this episode, but I like that and Dateline. I love to watch and I love to figure it out as soon as possible. I mean, if I miss one line, I have to rewind so that I could hear everything, see everything, so I can figure it out. Well, I watch a lot of movies with my son, and I started at the beginning of a movie leaning over and telling him when I figured out the movie, which is usually pretty early on. I would tell him what I thought was going to happen. And we were watching Dr. Doolittle, the live action over Christmas break. And I leaned over and told him like five minutes in what I thought was going to be the ending. And he looked at me and said, Mom, stop ruining movies. And I realized that it's not clever. For me to uh, you know, spoil movies for ten for year olds. It's not it's not charming. I thought it was charming and I thought he thought it was really clever. And he does not think it's clever. And uh that's you know, so now I just keep my mouth shut. But we all we we also, if we're watching a movie and it's frightening, we both whisper, <laughs> let's hold each other and then we hold each other. So that's I hope we don't lose that part. <laughs> but I'll stop telling him what I think is gonna happen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a fine line because usually you feel like well, I'm just guessing, so I'm not actually spoiling it because I don't really right. know. Like it's fair yeah. game, right?
2: <laughs> right. But it's it's a jerk thing to do is what it is. <laughs> and I thought it made him feel I thought it made him feel comfort to like cuz he used to you know what's interesting, he used to worry about what was going to happen in movies and I used to comfort him by saying, "Don't worry, it's a Disney movie. They're not going to it's not going to be sad." And then we saw Jungle Cruise yesterday and he said to me he leaned over and said to me i don't like that disney movies always have a happy ending like I want something I don't want to know <laughs> what the ending is. Yeah. And then I thought that's interesting like he's now he's old mm-hmm. enough to like want a different kind of ending. Like a happy ending doesn't bring him comfort the way that it used to bring him. So
0: also younger kids will watch a Disney movie and not know like and, and not know that it's going to end out, okay, even if you told them right. probably.
2: They would still worry, but now he's like uh, cuz I something happened and I leaned over and I was like said something and he said it's going to have a happy ending, mom. <laughs> Like, oh, okay.
0: And I also, like, I've
2: said, Do you think they're gonna smooch? And he was like, Every movie, it, they, they smooch in every movie, mom. If they don't, people are gonna go on the internet and complain about it.
0: That's what you <laughs> <Sorry>. gotta do. <laughs> okay. You
1: gotta set okay. him up to guess. Mm-hmm. That's actually yeah. less of a trope in like anime and Japanese video games the idea right. that a kiss. Is the thing that shows that their relationship has like. Now they're together because they have kissed. That's way less of a thing in Japanese culture to the point that like there was a ton of uh, blowback after Kingdom Hearts 3 came out after like many, many, many years and the two, uh, the male protagonist and his like female love interest like didn't kiss. Uh, and people were like, "Wow, we waited so long!" And it's like that's, that's not our expectation. That's <laughs> not <laughs> what signifies their relationship. That's just right. something that Disney has taught you. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's so true because you're always waiting for the kiss, and then you're just like, "Yeah, why do you need that?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think there are a few cases where people like to know the ends of movies. I know my mom doesn't usually like movies with sad endings. And then people will want to know like if the Mm -hmm. dog dies. It is tough to get me to watch a movie if I know the ending will
1: be sad.
2: Well, you know what I do? This is so – I cannot – I do not like surprises. I hate surprises. And I consider endings of everything surprise. So if I'm in a movie and it's too tense, (laughs) I will read the Wikipedia – Spoiler. <laughs> well, I'm watching the movie so that I could relax because I don't like that feeling of like, is this person going to die? Because if they're going to die, I can't, I don't want to learn that in real time. I'd rather know it ahead of time.
1: We have an anime movie that we have not watched yet because the it is like the continuation of a TV series. And in the TV series towards the end, some really like horrific stuff happened to this young child. And I'm just like, is it going to be worse? I can't watch it if it's going to be worse right. than what we already saw. And I'm like tempted to look, look it up online. Or, so instead, I'm trying to get like a sense from the reviews yeah. so I don't get spoiled. But I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it sounds like it's I will like straight up worse. read the
2: spoiler because I don't want to cry.
0: <laughs> don't want to
2: cry. And if a dog dies, forget yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: If a dog dies, uh, yeah. If a pet dies, forget it. I don't even want to see it. Like, don't manipulate me like that. I don't like that at
0: all. Mm. Have you considered, on, on the original topic, have you considered doing, like, the the mentalist version and writing your guesses in an envelope and sealing it five <laughs> minutes in? And then at the end of the movie, you can, you know...
2: <laughs> that is brilliant, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be like, envelope, please,
0: because <laughs> that could be a game. Like, it doesn't it doesn't ruin anybody's enjoyment until afterwards, and you still get to feel clever. Yeah,
2: right. That's so fun. Can I write one five minutes in, and then ten minutes, fifteen? <laughs> because I'm just constantly reevaluating my. Eye. I'm like, oh, like Doctor Doolittle is super easy to figure out, but like. Yeah, that's a good, I, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to bring a pen and an envelope, and then Jude could watch me <laughs> writing it out and putting it in the envelope, and I'll give it to him. And at the end of the movie, we'll reveal how clever I am.
1: Don't give it to him, because then if you're wrong, you
0: can just forget about it. Oh. And if,
1: if he doesn't bring it up, then you never have to look.
0: <laughs> right. If he doesn't know that you're writing it, you can only bring it out if it's true.
2: Right. I've only I have to have like five envelopes and just pretend or like no, just one envelope but I pretend to lick it, but really I just pull it out and then
0: (laughs) like hide Mm. the
2: next one in there. It's not a bad idea. I think I'm gonna do this. And he's gonna be like, My mom, when she she always guessed the endings and she put it in an envelope, so I mean it was real.
0: That's a, that sounds like a special mom thing uh,
2: and then he'll discover the truth and have to add it to the things he needs to tell his therapist so it's fine, it's all fine
0: <laughs> and that closes the case on this week's Dying Message the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast episode 47 in which the true crime is spoiling the ending podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane thank you again to our mystery guest Gina Gennari, coming up Does Ron have what it takes to become a model? Will Conan solve the murder before the murderer leaves the building? Have crimes of passion become the fashion? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The Dying Message. I've cracked the case. It's Gina Gennari. Hi. I didn't ask you how to pronounce your name. Did I get it right?
2: No, it's (laughs) Gennari. (laughs) <laughs> I was wondering I if you something. were going to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody no, gets it correctly.
0: right. I usually remember to t- to like run it by you first. No,
2: everyone says it the other way. And people that I have known me, I've worked with people. I've been at my job for twenty years, and I've told people multiple times. People that are like my friends, I've been they've been to I've been to like personal private you know uh, events with them, and they still say my name wrong. So oh no. <laughs> it's totally fine.
0: Okay, she did freeze. All right, so I'm going to take that again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this might be the outtake at the end of the episode, just
2: maybe. I'm so sorry. I should have said something.
0: No, I I usually like p- say the name and and check with people because no matter how long you've known someone, you don't always say their last name. I had a coworker yeah. who put an N in my last name for 10 years and they didn't even
1: call me by my first name. They called me my last name. <laughs> oh, We didn't did yeah. know that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when I was married, nobody my other when my married last name is so it was Soltez and everyone called me I mean just you can't even imagine the names that came out. A lot of people thought it was Stoltzfuss and I'm like, sure. <laughs>
0: Sure. It's not all those letters there.
2: <laughs> it's got a Z it's got an S and a Z next to each other, so people just lose their minds. They uh-huh.
0: don't know what to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, <"S- laughs> Is that right?
2: <laughs> they're like Mrs. Zaza. And I was like, sure. Yep, that's me.
0: Yeah, that's so <laughs> blocky. Okay. That's why you have all those teachers in the school that are <laughs> you always have like Mrs. W and Mrs. S and Mrs. Z because they're yeah. just like it's just They call me Miss G.
2: They call all yeah. my students call me Miss G because they don't they can't. Mm -hmm. I had a colleague named, her last name was Butts, which was like, and I felt bad because, I mean, obviously no one forgets that, but like she would often get Mrs. Butt and I was like, that's worse. (laughs) So...